You guys ready? I'm ready. Yep. Set. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> everyone this is austin bridges welcoming you to the ll research podcast in the now episode number 27 ll research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community and towards this end has two websites the archive website llresearch.org and the community website bringforth.org during each episode those of us at ll research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for The Rock Contact, and president of LL Research, along with Gary Bean and myself who are working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well, each of us a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion as we consider questions from spiritual seekers that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. Our replies to these questions are not final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations stemming from our own studies and life experiences. We always ask each sorry, we always ask each who listens to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance and determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for this show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You may either send us an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to www.llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I'm Austin, and we are embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. Gary and Jim, are you with us and ready to go? Ready to go. Gary is ready. All righty. Our first questions this week come from Sunny via email. And Sonny sent a couple questions, and each question is sort of in multiple parts, but I think that uh, they can probably be read all at the same time, and we'll just discuss. So the first question states, in session four, question 20, Ra says, one of the primal distortions of the law of one is that of healing. In sessions four through six, Ra teaches the healing process in detail which involves specific disciplines in the mind, body, and spirit areas. This process is applicable for self-healing and for healers to heal others. Question. Does this teaching apply to Mother Earth in some fashion? Notes. 
Like us, our Earth is a body-mind-spirit complex and is a conscious being, so I assume the healing principles should apply to her as well, except that without the human fleas on her skin, she probably wouldn't need healing in the first place. And the next note is, there are constant debates about what we should do to protect our Earth and heal her wounds we caused. Could you please explore this topic in the context of Ra's teachings about healing? So, let's start with Gary Bean. How do you feel about that question, Gary? Uh, this question, like many before it, um, have forced me to do some research because I was a bit um, unclear and puzzled myself. And as a result, I um, reached a greater understanding. So I'm always really grateful for these questions, um, especially this one, Sunny. So you said something that got me on a research track and you said, like us, our earth is a mind-body-spirit complex and is a conscious being. And um, I wasn't so sure if um, Ra at least had described earth as a mind-body-spirit complex. So I did some research and came up with some nuggets that I'd like to read um, as they um, examine the relationship between entities on the surface of a planet and the planet itself. In 6516, um, Don is asking, or rather he writes, speaks, now the added catalyst, and Don here speaking of what we call earth changes, at the end of the cycle is a function specifically of the orientation of the consciousness that inhabits the planet. In other words, humans. The consciousness has provided the catalyst for itself, and orienting its thinking in the way it has oriented it, thus acting upon itself the same as catalysts of bodily pain and disease act upon the single mind-body-spirit complex. And he goes on to say, seeing the planetary entity as somewhat of a single entity made up of billions of mind-body-spirit complexes. Is my viewpoint correct? Ross says, you're quite correct. <clears throat> And in the following question, Don starts out by saying, then we deal with an entity that has not yet formed a social memory, but is yet an entity, just as one of us can be called a single entity. So um, Ra doesn't, in that one at least, doesn't quite say that Earth is a mind-body-spirit complex, but does uh, indicate that the planet is an entity uh, whose constituent parts, you might say, are people, or or are the third density entities on its surface. And um, in 60.20, that relationship was explored a little bit more by Ra. They say, if an entity, and they're talking about a human, is not in harmony with its circumstances, it feels a burning within. The temperature of the physical vehicle does not yet rise, only the heat of the temper or the tears, as we may describe this harmony, disharmony rather. However, if an entity persists for a long period of your space-time in feeling this emotive heat and disharmony, the entire body complex will begin to resonate to this disharmony, and the disharmony will then show up as the cancer or other degenerative distortions from what you call health. Now Ra expands it to the planet. When an entire planetary system of peoples and cultures repeatedly experiences disharmony on a great scale, the earth under the feet of these entities shall begin to resonate with this disharmony. Due to the nature of the physical vehicle, disharmony shows up as a blockage of growth or an uncontrolled growth since the primary function uh, of the body complex is growth and maintenance. 
in the case of your planet, the purpose of the planet is the maintenance of orbit and the proper location or orientation with regards to other cosmic influences. So Ra's likening the human body's functions to the planetary body's functions. And Ra says, in order to have, um, paraphrasing, the planetary body's functions working properly, the, t- the interior of your sphere, Earth, is hot in your physical terms. Thus, instead of uncontrolled growth, um, in the case humans would experience cancer, uh, the planet begins to experience uncontrolled heat and its expansive consequences. So there's a very direct corollary between um, human bodies, how disharmony is caused within them, and the results to uh, the disharmony that humans carry into the Earth body and its results. And then in 49.5, I'll paraphrase this one because it's also long, but um, Ra talks about uh, magnetic north and south poles, how the Earth has those poles, how a human has those poles, and how those energies interweave, forming geometric relationships in the energy fields of the person um, and planets itself. So again, there's um, strong likeness and corollaries. So as to your first... The first of your two notes, actually, that's my reply to the first of your two notes about the um, when you said, like us, our Earth is a mind-body-spirit complex and is a conscious being. So it does seem in, in very um, important ways that Earth is indeed like us, um, more so. Um, we are earth in a way. Uh, it is a distinct identity. Ra, of course, left their planetary environment when they reached a certain stage of evolution um, and the planet continued to exist. But uh, we are mutually codependent and um, mutually informing and forming one another. It's, it's a very tightly knit symbiotic relationship, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that how we could function without the planet can a third density race leave its planet and go elsewhere it's always been an interesting question of mine um but before as i have had the mic for a while before moving into um how i see healing working with planet earth i'll turn it back to the host so he can decide um whose mic to turn on next i think we should turn on jim's mic okie dokie um I think Gary did a good idea or good job of pointing out how planet Earth is much like a human being. I think one of the significant ways that it is different is that if you compare how each the planet and the population have gotten into what we would call disordered or diseased conditions, uh, people get into diseased conditions by the choices they make, free will choices that may be out of harmony with their environment or their stated goals in their life. Or maybe uh, pre-incarnatively chosen to make these decisions and end up in a certain type of illness that provides certain opportunities. Anyway, the choices that the entity makes are what causes the mind-body-spirit complex to be in either a balanced or a diseased state. With planet Earth, I don't believe that planet Earth has made any choices that would cause it to be in a disharmonious or diseased state. The population on its surface has made a number of choices, as Gary mentioned, that have caused the... Um, heat of the anger and the bellicose actions and, and war and many uh, negative emotions to be ge- generated over the years. 
so that the planet is being able or having to be able to get rid of some of these um, heat factors by what we would see as natural disasters of volcanoes and earthquakes and typhoons and so forth. And that seems to me to be a natural healing process that doesn't really require the human being to take part in it. Uh, hopefully the human being will survive it. Uh, but I think the planet is able to heal itself, but can be helped in the healing process. Back in August of 2001, Carl and I began what we called the Gaia Meditation. Mother Earth is sometimes referred to as Gaia. And what we did during that meditation was to try to find a picture in our mind as we meditated of what the Earth may look like when it has what it has, which is a lot of areas of negativity and of disharmony, of uh, a lot of war, and saw these areas as being dark areas in an otherwise lighted sphere. And when we had determined where there might be areas that needed some assistance, then we would attempt to visualize light and love going to those areas. And we invited people uh, on our reading and mailing list to join us. It was always at nine o'clock in the evenings. That's changed a little bit now, but it doesn't matter because it's a, a timeless event. Whenever you do it, it can help the planet. So if anybody would like to take part in it, I think it does help the planet be able to heal, to uh, achieve its balanced state without quite so much uh, catastrophe, maybe spread it over a longer period of time, a wider area. But the general idea is just to send your love and your light from the infinite intelligence of the universe, from the creator, through your being to wherever you wish to have it sent. You can envelop the entire planet if you like. Or if you know there are certain areas that are experiencing war and very difficult situations, you can be specific with your sending. But I think this is a very good way to uh, help the planet along. Uh, but whether any entities on the planet do attempt to assist, I believe the planet is at this time in a process of healing itself. Austin? Thank you both. Before I throw it back to Gary, I'll give my response, which I think ties into what you guys said pretty well, even though I did take a slightly different angle. Um, Sonny s referred specifically to uh, the healing exercises in sessions four through six. And in uh, session 15, uh, question 14, Ross says that that healing information can be seen in a more general context as ways to understand the self. And I think that the reason Ra gave these teachings when being asked about healing is because understanding the self is the preliminary work uh, needing to be done before more specific healing techniques could be used. So I would approach Sonny's question from that certain angle. How do these practices to gain understanding of self relate to the healing of the earth? And I do have some ideas. I think that by dedicating ourselves to understanding ourselves so that we may better serve, we are becoming purer channels for what we know as love or uh, healing, and we will be able to act in more loving and considerate and conscious ways. Uh, we will be better able to tap into deeper desires, uh, perhaps desires that we carried into this incarnation as a mission, such as those to heal the earth. 
uh, then we can follow those desires and pursue a life path which allows us to fulfill them. But I think there's also something deeper to that self-knowledge and how it can relate to the earth. <clears throat> I believe that we have an innate connection with the earth and the people around us. And Gary was sort of talking about this and how we are the earth. And uh, I think that the social memory complex that Gary was referring to that hasn't been fully formed yet, uh, that will supposedly be present in fourth density, is perhaps formed but unrealized. And by formed, I think raw kind of meant um, conscious and cohesive. But I think that it's already there, but kind of buried deeper in our unconscious minds. And it's just sort of inaccessible to us within third density. And I fully believe that a social memory complex does not just include a connection with all the entities on a planet, but rather a connection with that planet itself as a conscious being, as uh, I think Sonny was referring to and calling it a mind-body-spirit complex. It would seem natural to me that as we gain more understanding of the self and become more crystallized beings, we will naturally uncover this connection to the earth, as well as the social memory complex that we share with the earth. From my understanding, the social memory complex can act as a sort of overmind, not necessarily superseding our individual minds, but sort of becoming available to our individual minds and informing and inspiring us to act in individual ways. So gaining access to this deep well of collective thought, I think that we will naturally be moved to act in ways that are more harmonious with the earth itself. And we may be inspired, perhaps each individual in completely unique ways, to offer healing to the earth in some method, whether it's by a unique career in sustainable technologies, environmental activism, adopting and advocating for green lifestyles, or simply individual changes like maybe altering one's diet to be more sustainable, driving a different kind of car that's more fuel efficient, or just acting in small ways throughout the day that will contribute to a more harmonious relationship with the earth. So I think in that way, this knowledge of the self that Ra is uh, giving us exercises to find uh, can lead us to a deeper connection with the earth that, earth that I think will naturally sort of inspire us to be more harmonious with the earth and that will bring the healing naturally. So I'll bounce it back over to Gary. What were uh, what else did you have to say, Gary? Uh, thanks to both of you guys. Um, on the topic of healing the earth and the human relationship with earth uh, I <clears throat> went on a tack of looking at 40.14 um, Ross talking about how the role that diet can have in healing the individual and Ross says um, firstly we underline and emphasize that this information about diet is not to be understood literally, uh, but as a link or a psychological nudge for the body and the mind and spirit. Thus, it is the care and respect for the self that is the true thing of importance. <clears throat> so, now I draw the link to the planet. Um, just as we can be or express stewardship of our body, so too can we express stewardship of the earth. 
and where uh, healing can happen by loving the body and caring for the body and accepting the body, not suppressing or denying or controlling the body per se, but certainly directing the body with wisdom. So with that stated, um, we should ask ourselves, are we loving and caring for the earth in a similar manner? Are we treating the earth with respect? And I think on an attitude level alone, this is generally absent from our planetary culture. On a commercial and policy level, this is definitely um, conspicuously absent. Uh, Unsustainable exploitation defines, in general, the modus operandi of corporate and governmental policy the world over. Uh, I emphasize in general, of course, because there are um, businesses and uh, maybe even government policies that do seek to protect and preserve uh, the biosphere and to relate to it with respect. But in general, um, it's been a very exploitative model that sees Earth as a commodity and uh, a material realm that exists uh, strictly for our gain that doesn't have um, intelligence per se or consciousness. Um, So then, just as uh, the diet, the human diet can be changed to create a psychological nudge and be a symbolic act of showing respect to the body, so too I think we can change policy uh, that demonstrates a greater respect for the planet and likewise um, that alone may like the change of diet reap uh, benefits of healing because of our connection and mutual interdependence Um, in terms of of other practical uh, methods that we could take uh, Jim talked about how the planet's can and will and is healing itself, but humans can certainly um, facilitate that. Uh, Another way is Ra links meditation to healing of the mind-body-spirit complex. So uh, perhaps, um, and Austin described uh, tapping into the collective mind or the deeper self and and finding ways to help. So uh, perhaps then meditating and and i'm sorry jim indicated as much too when he talked about uh, the gaia healing that he and carla initiated in 2001 i think meditating in groups and specifically um sending love and light to the dark areas so-called of the planet um is a way to uh, facilitate uh, and engender healing for the planet um ross says in 26.31 rather don asked in 26.31, how do these people attempt this restitution in the physical? And by these people, he's talking about uh, dual activated wanderers and uh, people attempting to heal the planet in general. And Ra says, uh, these attempt feelings of love towards the planetary sphere and comfort and healing of the scars and imbalances of these actions, uh, which is... um, sounds like the basic principle that was underlying what Jim said about meditating on the planet. Uh, 
So there's practical measures, um, meditating and sending love and light, changing policy, even changing um, the way that businesses and governments and, and peoples relate to and use the planet. But ultimately, healing happens on the level of consciousness. Uh, Ra says of it in 420, and this is the one um, you referred to, uh, Sonny, uh, one of the primal distortions of the law of one is that of healing. Healing occurs when a mind-body-spirit complexes realizes deep within itself the law of one. That is, there is no disharmony, no imperfection, that all is complete and whole and perfect. Thus, the intelligent infinity within the mind-body-spirit complex reforms the illusion of body, mind, or spirit to a form congruent with the law of one. The healer acts as energizer or catalyst for this completely individual process. So there's a few things you could take away from that one. One of which is that um, as we heal ourselves, we heal the planet. Um, as we realize the law of one, that there is no uh, imperfection, that there is no disharmony, that um, realization isn't just for the mind-body-spirit complex. It's not just for what's inside your skin, but it's um, it's your realization of the planet. You're seeing the planet's truest essence, the planet's truest form, and uh, thereby you are acting as an energizer or catalyst uh, for healing. You're a conduit, you might say, that um, allows love and light to go through to the planet. And um, as Austin was indicating as well, as we understand ourselves more, uh, we, I think I may be expanding on Austin's point by saying that as we understand ourselves more, we understand the planet better. I think I'm kind of dropping the ball <laughs> right now. Um, but maybe there's something to be said too for um, biologists and environmental scientists and people who stutter, study the plant patterns of the planet um, to gain a better grasp of how exactly these very intricate and very complex systems work on the planet. Um, and maybe that's analogous to understanding the workings of our body. Uh, of course, those sciences need to take it deeper to the level of consciousness itself and not uh, stop at the material realm. But um, perhaps there's headway that can be made there too. I think that's it for me. Thank you, Sonny. Your comment about the symbolic act of caring for the planet reminded me of a really good uh, sort of political cartoon that I saw, and it takes place at a climate summit. There's somebody on stage with a big screen that says things like uh, preserve rainforests, sustainability, renewables, healthy children, clean water, and then somebody in the audience is pointing to it saying, what if it's a big hoax and we create better yeah. world for nothing? <laughs> <clears throat> so I like that one um, Jim do you have any more thoughts no I'm uh, done with that one okay I think that we have maybe time to go on to Sonny's next question uh, we might run a little bit over because these are both pretty substantial questions but uh, Sonny asks a general question what is unique about our planet as a lab or school for human learning experiences? And the notes on the question include, is our third density the only planet that has the veil of forgetting? Granted, it is a powerful tool to teach love and faith, though we could also conveniently attribute it to why there was no harvest in the past 50,000 years and to the uh, dismal present prospect. But I don't recall anywhere Ross said that it 
was one way or the other. Could you shed some light on this? And the second note being the quarantine of this planet seems unique, as it's instituted to amend a specific action taken at the beginning of the 75,000 years. I would say it certainly has added extra power to the Veil of Forgetting. At the end of the 75,000 year cycle, if there are still unharvested red planet souls, will this quarantine end or go with them? In other words, is this is the quarantine planet-specific or human-specific? <clears throat> and last note, some say that humans are the only co-creators with free will in the universe. I can't find such confirmation in the raw material. A somewhat relevant statement was made by Aaron in the dialogues. The Earth plane is the only present material plane that has a foundation of positive energy and love and in which all four bodies are brought together. As such, it is a very powerful experience. Could you comment on this subject? Um, so, I guess, uh, free form, whichever of those you would like to respond to, Jim. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay. Uh, what is unique about our planet as a lab or a school? Well, I think one of the unique things is that uh, we have populations from uh, approximately 17 different planetary influences, including Earth. So from 16 other places in the uh, universe, there have been populations that failed to make the harvest from third to fourth density who needed to find another planet to come to, and they found Earth. So this has made the situation on Earth a, a bit more difficult. Uh, so many different types of uh, cultures lending their influence to uh, one planet has meant that there's been a lot of separation on the planet. Ra mentioned that, especially in earlier times, uh, with great distances between uh, small populations, great isolation was possible. But now, it's not so possible. However, we still have various types of peoples that are very much different from each other. And their way of looking at the individual, how the individual should be uh, treated in the culture, are, are different. And this makes it somewhat more difficult to harmonize the planet and to become able, as Roz said, to point the compass in one direction. So I think that's one of the contributing factors as to why we're going to have um, such a small harvest, very likely, uh, in the next however long it takes, you know, 100 or 200 years total or more. Um, so that's one factor. And as far as, I think that's a really good question in the second one, uh, whether the uh, quarantine was human-specific or planet-specific. I really don't know. I don't think Ross says anywhere because we never got into that. But uh, I would think that, let's see, for the planet, they won't have a third density, which was the density that was quarantined. So that probably will mean that the planet will not have a quarantine any longer. But the population that was quarantined may well take the quarantine with them. That would be my guess. Um, I don't think the planet would have a quarantine and let's see what was the third one? Oh, and uh Darren, <laughs> i uh, have a hard time believing aaron would make a comment like that, that the earth plane is the only present material plane that has a foundation of positive energy and love in which all four bodies are brought together i'm assuming he's accounting an electrical body along with the mind body spirit um this is an infinite creation to think that we are the crown of creation that has one quality that nobody else has is astounding to me um hopefully that was a misprint but uh, I think that uh, the positive energy and love is all over the universe. It's, it's scattered in unimaginable ways and places and times and spaces that uh, we will probably never even get a slight idea of. So, Gary, 
A, B, and C to you. <laughs> I think I'll um, take a, a gym level of uh, brevity uh, on this question <clears throat> and say that in reply to A, a uh, veil of forgetting. Is our density the only one with a veil of forgetting? And uh, I would say no. My understanding is that the the veil is built into the um, archetypal mind of this octave, which is then, of course, refined by each galactic and then solar logos. And then B, about the quarantine. Uh, I agree with Jim entirely that it is um, human-specific. It, it's pertains to this cultural group, not to the second density beings or the first density entities on this planet. Uh, will When this group of repeaters, will all those who do not get harvested and then repeat third density on another planet, will the quarantine follow them? I wouldn't th- think so. It seems that um, while there are inborn biases that are carried um, through incarnation after incarnation I think for the most part when an entity is born on its own it starts out with somewhat of a clean slate you might say it reacts to its environment it builds itself anew of course with these inborn biases and with this uh, pre-incarnational programming operating behind the scenes uh, likewise I think when a um, planetary group incarnates as a whole on a new planet on whatever the conditions of the that new planet might be um, i mean they don't start out with a, a brand new civilization i think they um, start out with those conditions of the planet at that time which may be you know hunter gatherer sort of conditions and they must then uh, rebuild their societal complex and um, their technological and scientific understanding and their uh, develop a whole new spirituality even that is unique to that planet. Um, Though, of course, deep within their mind and within the Akashic record and so forth, they contain their, the memory of their past experience. So that leads me to speculate that uh, likewise, they won't have a quarantine unless through their own choices, unless they create a situation similar to that of Earth, which necessitated the quarantine in the first place, um, in which case, then they may receive a quarantine. How unique is the quarantine? Um, uh, That is really unknowable. I agree. Uh, In following Jim's thoughts about the uniqueness of this planet in terms of the diversity of um, origin planets here. Uh, I think we Earth may be an outlier in that regard, uh, but statistically speaking, how unique is a quarantine? I think a quarantine could be likely on any planet where there is a mixed harvest. And Ra did give a percentage of mixed harvest, um, those third density planets that go through a mixed harvest, but I forget what that percentage is. And uh, as to, I guess I didn't have a gym level of brevity on this one. I thought I would. Um, and <laughs> nice try. <laughs> you have much to learn, Grasshopper. <laughs> I know it's going to take some some years. I really intended it. Um, and as to see, uh, I will just say ditto to Jim's reply, and then turn it back to Austin. <clears throat> um, I'll also try to be pretty brief. <laughs> um, Good luck. I think Jim has, has mastered the skill. <laughs> yeah, so much harder than <laughs> one would think. 
Um, as far as the first one about the veil of forgetting, just to expand on Gary's thoughts, uh, you'll, I believe that Sonny is going through the law of one and uh, sending questions as they come upon certain concepts. And uh, later on in the transcripts, you'll find information about the veil regarding pre-veil and post-veil and when it was established and how it was established, why it was established. And it definitely hints that after a certain point, the sub-logoi who uh, sort of uh, decide what sort of archetypal mind we have found that the veil is the most efficient way to uh, polarize. And before the veil, polarization was very rare. And the veil was sort of the trick to uh, sort of pushing entities along the path of polarization. So definitely wouldn't say that our planet is the only planet with the veil, at least according to Ra, any planet that established a third density after that point would also have a veil. And about the quarantine being unique to the planet or the population, I would definitely say it's a population thing. Uh, I think... Building off what Gary said, there is sort of a cultural aspect to it in that uh, the reason the quarantine was put into place was because of some sort of cultural momentum built by those actions uh, at the beginning of the 75,000 years. And uh, whether those entities will take their culture with them through certain biases to another planet, who knows, but I, since planet Earth is going to be fourth density, I don't think that there would be any need or reason for a quarantine. And then regarding Aaron's comments and whether or not humans are the only co-creators of free will in the universe, um, we spoke a little bit last week about some discrepancies between specifically Aaron and the raw material. And I spoke about some of my opinions regarding uh, conscious channeling and why some things might seem to be uh, um, not co n not compatible between uh, channeling different channelings, and I think that would explain this idea. And it's something that I have personally seen in a lot of channelings, saying that Earth is unique in that humans have this special free will, that Earth is one of the only places that this can happen, and things like that. And in the raw material, there's nothing that hints at that, and I would even say the idea that we were talking about with the veil of forgetting in the first question would sort of say that that really can't be true. Um, as far as having free will... Ra talked about the veil as being a point at which the sublogoi sort of thought that free will was actually established and that while free will was present before the veil, there was such a significant increase in the amount of free will post-veil that it's sort of seen as uh, free will not really even being part of the equation pre-veil. And that's in the same information that you'll get to when you start reading about the veil. So I definitely don't think that's true. I think that maybe in conscious channeling, uh, Aaron may have been communicating a concept showing how unique our experience is, um, as each third density experience is probably infinite, u infinitely unique, and there's probably something very unique about Earth, um, but 
I don't think it is unique to the point where we are the only ones with free will. Uh, that really doesn't make sense to me, like Jim was saying. So uh, there's probably a reason for the discrepancy. I don't think that it's reason to dismiss Aaron's words, but probably contemplate them in a more general way rather than as specifically as that. And I think that about covers all of Sonny's questions from that round. Uh, do either of you have any more thoughts on that? I think I'm thought out. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Alrighty, that brings us up to our time. Any final thoughts for our listeners, Jim? Yes, we just want to thank everybody for listening, for sending in questions, for sending your love to us. We really appreciate it. We're aware of you out there, and we hope that you have a great week. Please know we love every one of you, and we hope to have you back next week. Cheerio. You've been listening to LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thank you to those who submitted questions. Sunny, if you'd like to send us a question before the next show, please read our instructions at www.llresearch.org slash podcast. New episodes are published to the archive website every Wednesday afternoon. Have a wonderful week and we will talk with you then.